<clears throat> I'm assuming you can all hear me. <clears throat> Before we get started, I just want to acknowledge that we are practicing mm. on Ohlone and Miwok land. And I'm sure there are still some indigenous devas in the trees. And uh, it's probably not often talked about in our tradition, but the devas love it when you send metta to them. They do. They actually really love it. It says that in the suttas, but very specifically the suttas say that. So when you're out on this beautiful land, practicing metta, you might include them in your attributions or your sending. And then you might feel better about calling on them when you need them. Devas, where are you? I need you. Anyway, just want to acknowledge our Ohlone and Miwok and other coastal tribal devas in the woods here for many, many thousands of years of residence. And then also want to just give you a profoundly deep welcome and uh, have us just reflect on what it feels like to arrive. Have us rest in the presence of arriving. That's what we'll be doing today, among some other things. but just giving up what we think we know about arriving and let mindfulness or vipassana or awareness collect wordless, non-conceptual data in these hearts and minds about what the experience of arriving is. And I know there are different levels or experiences with practice in the room. We actually even have some OGs sitting this retreat. For those older people, a young person had to teach me what this meant. OGs means original gangsters. And that's quite a compliment actually, to be considered an OG. But there are some OGs who are actually founders of Spirit Rock who are sitting this retreat, so. And then there are people whose this is their first retreat or their first meta retreat. So we have a very broad range of experience here. Another thing I like to remind us all is that we have two knowledge systems. We probably have more, but I'll talk about two different knowledge systems that humans work with. We have part of our brains that are rational and conceptual and count things and name things. And that's an excellent and important knowledge system. 
but it's pretty much all made up, right? Language is a product of consensus. It's not like if you believe in a, a supreme being that they have a three by five card in heaven that says what it is that you're going to be like. You know, that doesn't exist. And then we have another knowledge system that is intuitive awareness. It's a knowledge system that is not based on concepts and it's not based on words. It's based on seeing directly what is happening in the moment and having a direct experience of that that isn't tied to conceptual overlays. And that's the knowledge system that we're engaging in these nine days. So coming into the presence now, coming into the present, we're engaging that knowledge system of intuitive awareness. And presence is the data collection system for that knowledge system. Mindfulness collects immediate awareness and it goes into that knowledge system. And with the right causes and conditions, wisdom arises. And wisdom is what sets us free. And I think we all can rest in that intention to be free. So just resting here, starting with our beloved Satipatthana, our four foundations of mindfulness, coming into the first foundation, mindfulness of this body, this body internally, bodies externally, all the same. feeling any tension in the body, any tension in the head, sometimes behind the eyes there'll be tension, just letting that go. Feeling the safety of this place and of this Sangha. (sighs) Big breath of (sighs) just being here. Arriving. Letting go any tension in the head, 
oftentimes in the shoulders, some kindfulness, kindfulness at the shoulders, kindful awareness. Awareness of the whole body. It actually says that in our sutta, to know that there is a body. It says that in the sutta, there is a body. Noticing where you feel the breath most strongly in the body. Maybe in the abdomen. Movement. Maybe at the nostrils. Sensation. Maybe there's some other sensation in the body you're feeling. Part of sila, part of acceptance, or part of ethics is totally accepting this body, not having any arguments with it, its shape, its color, its age, its functioning. Feeling it with some gratitude. Wherever, whatever is most predominant. Predominance of body sensations. Whatever is most predominant. And then second foundation of mindfulness, second Satipatthana, mindfulness of Vedana or feeling tone. Is there any unpleasant sensation in the body? In English, sometimes we call this pain. But that's a pretty big concept. We can investigate that with awareness to just see what's happening in this moment. Any unpleasant sensation predominant.
Is there any pleasant sensation that is predominant anywhere in the body? Any pleasant sensation? Wholesome pleasure. Meditative pleasure is very wholesome. Or is there any neutral sensation in the body? Is there any predominant sensation that is neither pleasant nor unpleasant? Without awareness of this, it can be experienced as boredom and it can trigger wandering mind. What is this? The sensation of neutral. That's an excellent anchor. What is neutral sensation like? What does neutral sensation give rise to? Mindfulness of mind states, mindfulness of mind. Thoughts are to the mind what saliva is to the mouth. just what it does. Can we know we're thinking as an object passing through awareness? without any reactivity or engagement besides friendly awareness. Or emotions are also the third foundation of mindfulness. Emotions often have a physical sensation attached. 
Can we see those? as clouds drifting across the sky of awareness. Skillful thoughts and emotions like friendliness or compassion or patience. or challenging mind states like irritation, reactivity, conceit and envy, I-ing and my-ing. And then the fourth foundation of mindfulness. It's very common on the first day of retreat to have some of this category, the fourth foundation, to know when hindrances are in the heart-mind, when sleepiness is present, just knowing, oh, sleepiness is like this. This is what sleepiness feels like in the heart, in the body, in the mind. Dullness is like this. Aversion, ill will, pushing away. I don't want this to be happening. I don't like this. I don't like you. I don't like me. Knowing aversion is present and knowing when aversion isn't present, that's really important too. Knowing when sleepiness and drowsiness are present and knowing when they're not present. That's very important too. Restlessness and worry. Am I doing this right? Knowing when restlessness and worry are present and knowing what the heart-mind feels like when they're absent. Greed and wanting. Knowing when greed and wanting are in the mind and knowing when they're not in the mind. and doubt and wavering. Am I doing this right? 
she know what she's talking about? Just knowing when doubt is in the mind and when confidence, its opposite, is in the mind. And then swimming past the breakers of the hindrances, other elements of the fourth foundation of mindfulness. All these things that the Buddha saw in his own mind. This is what he saw. Joy. Is joy present? Or is it not present? Energy and effort. Calm, tranquility, concentration investigation, curiosity. Is curiosity present or is it not present? Relaxing, relaxing into this moment. Relaxation is a vital element of mindfulness, of meditation practice, to relax and be present. Relax. And if it is quiet in there, just resting in spacious awareness, resting in awareness.
<clears throat> what is most predominant in awareness right now? What is being known right now? Something is always being known when we are awake. And by that I mean not sleeping. So what is being known right now? What is most predominant in our bodies, in feeling tone, in thoughts or emotions or mind states, in hindrances or enlightenment factors?
So, welcome again. Before I open it up to questions and comments, I just have a few announcements because your questions might be about what the announcements are telling us all. So. So tomorrow we will start practice interviews. We'll have a few days of group interviews and then a Uh, some days of individual interviews. Uh, Another announcement is, if you could, please try to arrive five minutes before the sit. I guess another way to say that is, please don't come to the sit late, if you can help it. This afternoon at 3.45, we will, we will begin instructions on metta meditation. But I'm sure many of you have been to this retreat many times and know metta. And uh, we trust that more experienced students will do what makes sense and what you know works for you. So trust yourselves. Oh, yeah, everybody, no, absolutely, yeah. No, I meant to do that, you know, for this day, but please, everyone come to the 345 sit, absolutely, yeah. And then um, we're having Qigong twice a day. What a wonderful offering by our wonderful brother, Tija. And if um, the Qigong isn't working for you for whatever reason please feel free to do walking meditation. And Temple will talk more about that at the end of this sit right now. Um, And then another thing is, as an expression of our commitment to deep welcome and to just acknowledgement of larger social forces, we're having two affinity group sits today. At noon, we're having an... LGBTQI uh, affinity group, short meeting just to see each other at noon in the council house, which is where you, most of you registered the council house over there at noon. Uh, So an LGBTQ affinity sitting for any self-identified lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or I is intersex. Intersex, yes, intersex. So please, um, you know, feel free to join that if any of those social locations resonate with you. And then at likewise at four forty-five, we're having a people of color affinity group meeting uh, in the council house. So any self-identified people of color too, please. Feel free to join us at 4.45 uh, at the Council House. Both of those meetings are absolutely voluntary. If you don't feel you need it or would like to not go, please, you have our absolute blessings not to attend. And you, all ha- you also have our blessings to attend. So any questions? 
before we go on to other instructions, walking instructions? How's everybody feeling? I'm feeling pretty happy to be here. So I'll tell you just what happened in the teacher lounge. I'm going to tell you. I asked the teaching team if I could tell you. They said, sure, tell them. So I was sitting in there, and um, I've sat a fair number of metta retreats going back many, many years, but I've never taught one before. And, you know, I'm on the hook this morning, right, to give instructions. So I just mentioned out loud, I was doing mindfulness externally, I guess. I was saying, oh, nervousness, why am I so nervous? Questioning, you know, that's what I'm feeling right now. And all of a sudden, there was a metta loving-kindness sandwich. Actually, it was more like a burrito. (laughs) Because I was enveloped by hugs and love. The entire teaching team just surrounded me and sent love. And I thought, that's... And that was like a natural arising. When you practice metta a lot, which is what many of these member, team members do, that's the response to suffering, is that that just arises, and that's your go-to response. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, I usually get a little irritated at suffering, exposure to suffering. And if that's what we're practicing for, I love that. That metta and all the other BVs is our response to suffering. They saw that suffering right here, and that's what they did. Any questions? What do pauses feel like? Well, if there's no questions, then let's ask Temple to talk some about walking meditation. Thanks, Bonnie. Can you hear me in the back? Okay, good. So again, the intention of today uh, is simply to arrive. And so we're just going to keep the day, um, again, fairly simple. And then begin the more formal loving-kindness practice in the late afternoon. So for the morning and for the afternoon, while sitting, uh, as you were, We're practicing a kindness of attitude. So if you can welcome uh, kindness and gentleness into your heart. And then connect to your body. That's another thing, a theme of today is uh, making that first deeper contact with the body and letting go of the normal thoughts that are very distracting, coming back and feeling your body. So when sitting, kindness of attitude and feeling your breath or feeling your body, as Bonnie described. <clears throat> 
their body sensations or where you feel your breath. And then your mind wanders gently, kindly, bring your attention back, feel your breath. And that's where the, when we're in the hall here. <clears throat> in the hall, we have three postures. And the three postures uh, are sitting, standing, and lying down. And so most people will be sitting. And if at any point you feel that there's uh, a lot of sleepiness or there's some pain in your body, you're always welcome from your posture, your seated posture, just to stand up, find balance when standing, come back, feel your body, feel your breath, gentleness, kindness of heart and mind, feel your body. And if you want, you can stay standing or you can sit down again. The lying posture, even though it feels good, uh, it's usually used for those people who have um, back problems or something going on with their health where you have to lie down. Because uh, often when we lie down, that's a good time to uh, fall asleep. So people can lie down in the hall. Usually um, they've talked to the teachers or the managers um, for that. The rest of you will be uh, sitting or standing, being aware of your breath. And then again, later, when we open the loving-kindness practice, we'll turn your, uh, your effort into that practice. For the walking meditation today, um, we're, we're going to do a practice that, again, helps us uh, into our bodies, but uh, while being mobile. And walking practices that, um, that bridge between the intensity of what we do here in the hall and the rest of the world and the rest of our lives. So it's a beautiful practice. Some people use it as a time to kind of uh, relax and go back to your room and look at the sky. You can do those things. But it's also actually a time of formal practice. So when you see walking on the schedule, um, what's recommended is you actually do formal walking meditation during that time. And you can also go to the bathroom if you need to or check in with the managers if you have to. That would be the time to do it. But if you're not doing an errand like that, um, we expect you to do the formal walking practice. And that would help build continuity through the day um, to do sitting and walking. For today, <clears throat> the walking practice um, will be, uh, will all spread out, and there are different areas you can go to do walking practice. If you want to stay inside, you can. There's, um, some uh, space down below this hall here where you can do walking practice if you want to do it indoors. You get there through those stairs over there. So this is something called the upper walking hall if you haven't seen it yet. There's a staircase at the end of this um, uh, opening here. And then there's a place to do walking meditation up there. Or you can spread out through the, the property here, the upper campus of um, Spirit Rock. And you spread out, and you find a place where you can take uh, 10 to 20 steps forward. And the, the formal practice is to take 10 steps forward or 20 steps forward, stop, turn around, and then walk back to where you started. And so you'll be seeing other people just walking back and forth in a straight line. And this is traditionally how walking practice is uh, done. For today, <clears throat> we're going to do an embodiment walking practice. So the intent is to find your space, walk back and forth, and welcome kindness and patience in your heart and your mind. And then feel what it feels like inside your body as you actually take steps. 
So going a little slower is helpful. If you're walking fast, sometimes that reminds you of walking and thinking. So the formal practice of walking back and forth, you bring your attention into your body, really into your lower body, and even into your feet if you can feel them, and feel what your feet feel like as you take a step. There's a transference of weight back and forth. There's the actual texture of where you put your foot, whether it's on a polished floor like this or the rough stone of the pavement. Um, so it's a very experiential body uh, practice doing walking meditation. Come to the end of your row, you stop, turn around, and walk back to where you started, trying to feel each step. And again, if your mind wanders, you bring it back to what you feel inside your feet or your legs as you're walking. So uh, I'd like to guide you through this and then see if there are any questions and then release you into the practice. So to do that, if you would come to standing, And see if you can spread out in the room to where you could take a few steps and not run into somebody else. Or especially also if you could have your feet on the floor versus having to step across a pile of cushions. And then standing in a place <clears throat> where your feet are slightly apart. And we're just going to start with the standing posture. And again, this is something you can do in this hall whenever you want. Bring your attention inside your body and first feel the length of your body inside this alive human body. And bring your attention a little down into your body, down through your torso, your hips, your legs. Feel the contact of your feet and the floor. See if you can feel what parts of your feet are actually absorbing the weight of your body. So the balls of your feet, your heel. Can you feel the lightness of your arch? The little balancing game of your toes. And this is standing meditation. You can bring your attention to your breath if you want, to the whole length of your body, or bring your attention down into your legs and into your feet. Inviting a kind presence to being aware of your body. I invite you to uh, very slowly rock back and forth left to right. And again, guide your attention down into the sensations of your body and begin feeling what arises as you shift your weight back and forth. Being aware of the sensations is one part of the practice. And then welcoming patience, gratitude that you're in a body that's alive. An attitude of kindness 
appreciation. That's one part aware of sensations in the body, one part welcoming, kindness, relaxation into your heart. Now rocking back and forth, we're about to take a step so you can let your weight come more into one foot, into one leg. Putting your attention into your other foot. Again, see what sensations arise as you take a step forward. Put your foot down and then rock your weight onto that foot. Bring your attention into the other foot that was carrying the weight and is now lighter. And you can take a step forward. Put your foot down. Rock your weight forward. Then feel the next step. Then come to standing again. So while doing the walking practice, you're also welcome at any point just to do standing. And then you can go back to walking. You'll take 10 to 20 steps forward, turn around, 10 to 20 steps back. This type of walking, you're not going anywhere, which is our usual attitude to walking. It's actually being in the flow of the present is what we're guiding our attention towards. The speed <clears throat> that you should walk is the one that, that helps you be the most present. And so you might find if you go really slow, you might fall asleep. It might not be entertaining enough. Or you might notice that going slow makes it fascinating because in that particular time of the day, you're into all the little micro movements of your muscles and the bone. If you really feel the soles of your feet, right when you pull your foot up, it's cool. When you put your foot down, you feel the temperature of where you put your foot down. And then your foot changes the temperature of where you put it down. So going slow might bring fascination, but it also might bring a, a drowsiness if that's not right for you at that time. So you could take slow steps. You also could just walk back and forth, step, 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 turn, step, step, step. So whatever helps you have the most intimate connection with the body sensations while you're walking back and forth. Um, if you're tired, you might walk a little faster or you might slow down. So play with it, play with the speed. And again, for today, just keeping it simple, trying to feel the body sensations. Our minds will wander out of habit, bring them back again, commit to feeling inside your body and opening up that body relationship, the somatic relationship. And keeping a kindness of tone in heart, an appreciation, welcoming that. Are there any questions about doing walking meditation? as we described it this morning. Yeah? Um, I've always had trouble, and just now when we were doing the, just going, shifting our weight, I could feel it much more than when I have walked in the past. So is <laughs> it okay to just 
do this rather than walk if I, if I find it? To sway back and forth? Yeah, just to shift the weight and be aware of that. Yeah, so her question is, could she just uh, shift her weight back and forth because she can stay more embodied while she does that? That would be fine. One thing you might notice, though, is that if you were to do sitting and then just shifting your weight back and forth and go back to sitting, it's possible that you didn't move your energy enough so that when you sit down again, your body feels um, like it wished it had done a little more uh, motion. So... I would play with it so that you, you get the most intimate connection and then also get a chance to move your circulation so that when you come to the next sitting, you feel fresh, refreshed by the walking. Any other questions about the walking practice? Yeah. What about your arms? The question is about your arms. There are some... Buddhist traditions where what you do with your hands and your arms is, um, is, is consciously a part of the practice. So there are some forms where you hold your, you know, everybody can see this, but you hold your hands like this right uh, around your um, belly button. In our tradition, we, we say just put your hands where they're the most relaxed. So you might find at times you hold them in front, at times they might just swing by your side, you might um, hold them behind your back. Whatever lets your body be relaxed and feels comfortable, that's how our, our tradition holds it. One last thing, if you, if, oh yeah, here. Can we play with walking on an incline, or do you recommend flat? I recommend playing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so play with it. You might find that it's intriguing. Um, there was one. Uh, meditation center where I used to walk at night where there wasn't any light so I would have to pay attention with my feet if I was on the path or not and it, and it was really fascinating to do that um, so and it brought playfulness it brought a sense of discovery so I would play with it <clears throat> formal practice we go back and forth you might find that for one of the walking periods um, or after a meal what does feel good is to actually walk up the road or walk up the path. And so you can do that. It's just very different. If you walk um, more open-ended, you'll probably find your mind wanders a little more. And there's something about the actual walking back and forth and committing to those 10 steps or those 20 steps that is a strong reminder that it's not about walking and spacing out, but it's about walking and being embodied. Yet, if you want to walk because you feel like um, you're just feeling a little bit too confined, then walking up the hill or walking around the paths, you can do that. And that will sort of open your mind, um, open your heart, your body. But we recommend that you only do that sort of once a day during the formal times, and you can do that around the meals. But other than that, please do commit to the walking meditation back and forth. Some people really love the walking, and some people really love the sitting. Um, if you don't like the walking, please still do it because it ends up being an integral part of the retreat. Now, one last thing to say is that if you're new to this practice, um, don't walk in a way that your path collides with somebody else because you'll spend the whole time anticipating the slow motion crash. <laughs> and so we usually walk in parallel with other people um, just so that doesn't happen. 
And Temple, I just want to mention one thing before. Just make sure 345, everyone, please come. We will have handouts and all the instructions on the meta. It's a very important sit, actually. So thank you. Everybody, uh, you'll hear the bell, and it will remind you that it's time to come back um, for the next sitting. So enjoy your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.